This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Kwame Onwachi from Kith and Kin in Washington, D.C. At only 30 years old, Kwame is a star. He's fought for it. He's earned it. Now, in a moment of great need, Kwame is being called on as a leader, too. Hear what skills he's relying on, what he's learning, and how he's balancing the load. We're back tomorrow with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Kwame. You are somebody who's had such tremendous forward momentum in the last couple of years. Best New Chef, Rising Star Awards, a lot of notoriety, a great full new restaurant. Uh, and then a pandemic comes along and you have to change gears really fast. How were you able to turn your momentum around into activism so quickly? Well, I was asked to be a part of a coalition, an independent restaurant coalition. Um, and it was an easy ask, you know, when I was approached um for just the opportunity to use my platform for something you know something good to evoke change representation and longevity for our restaurant industry because it's hurting right now so um you know it's not something that i would have thought that i would be doing you know um but it's something that i'm proud to be doing and i'm proud to be a part of and it's taken up full time all the time it seems like oh yeah full time it's a lot of work um, and a lot of information that you continuously have, have to process and um, be aware of because things are changing daily. You know, this is something that's never happened before. We're all learning as we go. Um, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's an important part in, of this time right now of having some representation for the independent restaurant industry. Tell me what kinds of ideas you're able to bring to those those meetings. Most of the other people who are founders of, of the IRC are, are longtime restaurant veterans. Um, you're 31, and that gives you, I think, you're 30. 31. Sorry, I, I aged you for a second. You're 30, which gives you a unique perspective. Well, honestly, I, I do a lot more listening than I do um, coming up with ideas. You know, I, I call it internally the chef avengers you know the restaurant avengers it's all these people that have been uh, whether they're doing activism or just operating restaurants you know longer than i've been alive so i think for me it's important to listen i'm like the spider-man of the group you know the the youngest youngest person there and i'm i'm just there to listen and use my voice when it's impactful you know i speak up when it pertains to like the district, you know, and, you know, there are a lot of politicians that eat at Kith and Kin, so I can connect some dots, but I'm definitely listening and um, trying to take it all in and learning along the way. Spider-Man's a hero. He's the real deal. He is a hero. He, and he's also from New York City, you know, from the boroughs. As are you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have fought to get to where you are. You opened a restaurant before Kith and Kin called Shaw Bijou, which was uh, a, a, a great idea, possibly ahead of its time. Um, and it was closed pretty early. Yeah. Um, you know how to fight. Mm-hmm. How does that help what you're doing right now? Uh, you just got to keep going, you know, and, and keep pushing, 
and not letting anything really get in your way or stop you. You know, um, you, we're just looking for a yes, a really big yes right now. So we'll take a bunch of no's on that road. What are the ter- what are the terms of the yeses you're looking for? Um, we're looking for revisions on the CARES Act. We're looking for um, a revision of the PPP. You know, certain things in there. We're looking to um, make sure that the insurance companies are paying up. Uh, we're looking to extend the loan forgiveness, uh, loan coverage up to three months instead of two months. We're looking to revise some of the language where we have to hire our employees back in order to be eligible for this, but how can, what are we hiring them for right now if we can't open and, and it should be based city by city because each city um, is giving their own mandates. You know, it's not a nationwide ban on, on gatherings. It's, it's city by city. So, you know, we're, we're looking for some very direct initiatives within that. And then we're looking for tax incentives and rebates. You know, we we're like, we're the highest employer in the country. We should have some, you know, a tax rebates for that. So there's a, there's a lot of things that we're looking for. I mean, it's really only like four strong bullet points, but we're looking to be included, you know, and the people that put that together and that were on the president in the president's ear, were like a CEO of Domino's and, and stuff like that. And there wasn't a single independent restaurant owner and operator that had in, uh, impact on this act. So we're looking to change that. Tell me about how you're communicating with members of, of your team. You had posted, um, or maybe it was, was in a, an article somewhere that you had never cried more in, in your life than when you let go of everybody. Yeah, um, it's, that was really tough, you know, um, walking into the restaurant and then sitting down with everyone had heard murmurs of it. You know, the, the mayor said, you know, there was no more dining service allowed. So people were aware, but sitting down and talking to the staff one-on-one and telling them that they were losing their job. We didn't know when they were coming back. Um, I just, it kind of broke me, you know, by the end of the day, I was, I, I was actually tired of crying um, just from looking in their eyes and kind of seeing the fear that they had. It, it was unsettling. How did you re- pull yourself together emotionally? It's hard to come back so quickly from something like I that. Couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. I tried and they would see me breaking and some of them would get up from the table and come on my side and be like, Chef, it's all right. Like, it's not your fault. Um, but it wasn't that I, I was like sitting there blaming myself. I'm just sad about the situation. And I felt kind of like helpless. Like I didn't have any answers, you know? And I remember one of them was like, when can we come back? And when I was mustering up the words, like, I don't know, that's when my voice was like cracking. And it's a terrible feeling. It's a really terrible feeling. And I try to check in on them as well as give them space because I also don't have these answers. Um, but I started a GoFundMe account so they know that there's at least something that will, that will be there for them when we come back from this. Um, because like, although, you know, the CARES Act went into place, uh, unemployment is there, there's still like expenses that they were not thinking about. A lot of them have kids that they now have to feed three times a day because they're not in school, you know? And that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money. It's not cheap. 
So I want to make sure that they are knowing that I'm thinking about them. In addition to this advocacy work, that's a lot of long-term benefits for the restaurant industry. I need to let them know that I'm fighting for them right now. I'm sure they they appreciate it. You've raised uh, $15,000 for your team so far. How many people? 60 employees. Wow. And they're like your family, right? I mean, you guys Mm -hmm. are always, always together. Yeah. With them more than anyone else. Um, you have found a way to spark some some joy. You're doing these great online cooking videos. Uh, tell me about how you decide what to make and who your audience is and how you're trying to connect in that way. You know, I'm trying to eat a lot more cleaner now, you know, with still a lot of flavor, though, because it's really easy to lose yourself in, in something like this for many reasons. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety and doubt and hopelessness that comes with this pandemic. You know, you have everybody in their house right now not knowing when we can come outside and interact with people. So what's more comforting than food? And if food is bringing you that comfort, it can easily get out of hand. So I'm trying to just eat more clean and make more conscious conscious decisions about what's going in my body. And a way to do that is to also broadcast it, you know, and bring an awareness to it and let people cook alongside with me. So I started eat, eating clean while quarantined. Um, and I put out the recipe the day before, able to shop for the ingredients, cook alongside me. Each ingredient is about 15 to 20 minutes to make. So it's really, really quick. Uh, feeds about two to four people. And it's also good for you. I really appreciate that. I've had a, a similar experience. At the beginning of this, I thought I was going to be like in a dark room eating a lot of cake. Um, and instead like my body is demanding leafy green vegetables and, and, and grains. And it's almost like my body is, is saying like, dude, you got to eat to fight. You got to eat to survive. Yeah. You got to stay healthy or else we have nothing. Yeah. That's totally true. You also unboxed an awesome salmon yesterday on social media, which was one of my favorite moments of this quarantine to see that beautiful fish come out of the box and your absolute joy. Like it was the greatest pair of sneakers that had ever been created. (laughs) It kind of was. It was a fish from Quare. It's a, it's a very sustainable um, salmon farm that sent it to me. We actually went on a virtual tour this morning, 10 a.m. That's why I said I had it for breakfast because we, we had uh, at a tasting, like sashimi style, some seared uh, parts of the fish as well. And they showed us the pens and how they clean them and what feed they eat. And it was really, really interesting. But I thought that would be really dope to just like make people laugh, pulling out this ridiculously large salmon um, out of this box. It was cool. A few minutes ago, you had mentioned the anxiety of of all being shut in. How are you dealing with your own anxiety? You know, it's a daily battle. I'm going to be quite honest. And I feel like I've been losing it the past couple of days, losing that battle um, of of hope. And I try to, and I'm a very optimistic person, you know, um, but it's just, I miss being around people. I miss cooking for large amounts of people. I miss interacting with strangers. You know, I I miss getting to know people. I miss hugging people. Um, I miss traveling. There's so many things that I'm just like, okay, I wake up every day. I'm like, today's going to be a good day. I'm positive. I'll work out, but I'm, I'm finding it really, really tough. But I try to also let these emotions pass because we're human beings and we have these emotions. Sometimes we're down and that's okay. You know, as long as you don't beat yourself up and stay down. So um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I take it day by day and I'm not perfect at it. I'm, I'm human and I have tough time. This is a tough time. And we had the, lar- the, the highest death toll yesterday in, in, in America, you know, in New York City. I think it was like 700 people died yesterday. Yeah, more than. Uh, that's scary. And that's your hometown. Mm-hmm. You still have family in New York City? I do. I do, yeah. How's everybody? Okay. They're all right. They're okay. Um, yeah, my family's spread out. My mother lives in the Cayman Islands, so they're on complete lockdown. They actually can't go outside. They have certain days that they can go outside based on the letter of their last name. Whoa. So my mom is R, so she can go out like Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays to the grocery store only. Wow. And then everyone gets a day, an hour a day outside for outside activity. And it's a $3,000 fine. I respect the orderliness of that. Actually, it sounds like something that like a high school gym teacher would come up with, or something like that. It's very, yeah, exactly. it's very structured. But respect for that. Um, what about your family in Nigeria? You know, I'm not very close with them. My grandfather passed away, and he was the patriarch of the family and had everyone together. Uh, so I'm not close with them anymore. So I, I haven't been in contact with them. I'm wondering about the the whole world. You know, the the whole planet is involved in this in, in some way right yeah it's scary too you know there were some scientists in i think france that were talking about why don't we do some testing in africa um i think that was going around the internet and i don't know the validity to it but it just makes me think about these countries and um their healthcare systems and um what could happen if what's happening here happens there yeah what's for dinner tonight for din din Oh man, I don't know. I have no idea. I think I'm going to eat some salmon tonight. I got a strong feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I've got about 14 pounds of it cut up in my fridge. So I'm going to have some salmon. My, my uh, fiance really wanted a um, classic bistro style dish of salmon. So I may make that for her with like cauliflower puree and a beurre blanc, um, that's just like her favorite thing to get when she goes to like a French bistro. So that's nice. You can connect with, with an audience of one, at least make some, mm-hmm. make somebody really yeah. happy. Exactly. And she's, she's my whole world too. So yeah. it's like, it's like I'm with the whole world. Not bad to be locked down with a chef. What's the first thing you're going to do when you're able to get back into your restaurant and open it up? Let's be optimistic. Let's t- let's talk about a good day. The first thing that I'm going to do it's hard. Well, you know, when you go into a restaurant, it's like you're the first one there. So you probably just walk around it and take it all in and hear the hum of the low boys in the hood when no one's in there. You know, and then you see your staff trickling in one by one and you start seeing the the um, manipulation of the ingredients, you know, the raw vegetables turning into purees and sauces and meats broken down and the bones turning into stocks. And then, you know, Jews and um, then it all coming together. And then we have our pre-shift, you know, and it's like this great morale boosting moment for the whole restaurant. Like we're back. That's what I'm looking for the most is that pre-shift is getting the whole team together, talking about how we're going to crush it and uh, thanking them for enduring this with us. I feel like that that pre-shift is going to need a theme song. Oh, yeah. Eye of the Tiger, for sure. It's definitely definitely an Eye of the Tiger moment. Um, Yeah. 
you 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 published a memoir recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like an entire second memoir has already evolved in the time since you, you, you published that. I mean, so much of that book, and it's, it's, it's a tremendous book, but it's all about everything you went through to get to where you are. And there's, you know, it's, it's kind of a happy ending, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think it ends on me coming up with the idea for Kit and Kim. You know, so you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know... You don't know anything. It, it, it ends kind of like on failure, but then it, it shows you to keep pushing and keep prevailing um, and not just chase success, but just chase your dream, regardless of, of whatever outcome. Keep going. You know, Jose Andres sent me a quote after Shaw Bijou closed that, you know, uh, a really good entrepreneur goes into each failure with the same excitement every <laughs> single time. I like that a lot. How have people surprised you during this pandemic? Um, I would say like the general positive outlook on this. You know, most people are just like, you know, whether this is time for us to reset and slow down, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes. I've had cooks hit me up that work with me that are just like, we're going to be here after this, you know, so like, who do we do what we got to do, but this is just part of the process, you know, and it's just the general optimistic outlook that most people have within this devastating time period has surprised me. It's, people are pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're resilient. We'll get through it all. I love it. Kwame, the show's called Takeaway Only. I'm, I'm wondering what your biggest takeaway is from being a leader through this moment. My biggest takeaway is just to serve in any capacity that you have. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just, I'm serving, I'm listening, I'm showing up, doing whatever I can with what, with whatever voice that I was given. And I'm not looking for a monetary gain in this time frame. I'm just looking to amplify uh, the inaudible and be that person that can stand up and say something for an entire industry. So to serve, I, I think, is the best thing that you can do in any situation, especially in crisis. Have you taken a, a moment to appreciate the magnitude of what you've been doing, raising your voice, and even to be proud of yourself a little bit? No, I'm my biggest critic. So <laughs> I'm always like, I can do more. What else can I do? Like, I, I'm, I'm really hard on myself. And that's also what keeps me grounded yeah well i think uh, the whole community is proud of you and it's been inspiring for me to watch everything you've been doing thank you thank you for being here i appreciate your time of course take care that was kwame and Wachi. you can follow him on instagram at chef kwame and Wachi. thank you so much for listening Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at Beeples. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.